I right. like that rock song from Moana. You're welcome. That was controversial, offensive. <laughs> I think if we're getting kicked off, it might be for the Steve Harvey impression. <laughs> really? I know Tony Fauci. Michael Jackson and Elmo, that's something to think about. Only on Buckle Up. In five, four, three, two. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's going on. Welcome back to Buckle, Buckle Up, up baby. baby. Coffin for 14 episodes in a row. 13. 13. <laughs> 13, that's right. We're really on our game, starting right. off the New Year's strong. Episode 13. Oh, okay. So the New Year's energy is still kind of there. It's going to wither by <sighs> mid or... You, I feel like all of January, you can you can use it. Yeah, in um, Hollywood, yeah, people just stop working the entire month of December yeah. into way into January. Wait, into January, really? Yeah. Yeah, still going? I fe- no one answered my emails. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you, there's that one email you get to, it's probably February, and you're like, I can't say Happy New Year anymore at the end oh, of it. Yeah. Or like, it's just something to kind of bring it in. It's yeah. a nice way to like touch base with people you haven't touched base with in a little bit. Yeah. Anyone you want to connect with, it's just a great way in. Just hope to work together more in 2022. It was a great year, whatever mm. it is. Hope to this again, you know. And um, yeah, it'd just, be funny if you said Happy Holidays, like, like early, in March, like early February. <laughs> that would be a funny like way to just throw people because that yeah. would definitely be memorable. If in March on March fourteenth you went Happy Holidays and Merry yeah. Christmas for next year. <laughs> <laughs> I got a shout out. I connected with uh, Frank Caliendo on my Instagram. Really? Yeah, for the first time. No, we've been in touch here and there. Just comments on things. He's always been gracious and kind. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Frank Caliendo, one of the greatest. Of our childhood, you are now watching Mad TV. Michael's glitching out like crazy. Mad TV, great impressionist, great impersonator. Yeah. Um, and I forgot how we what prompted it, but I appreciate it. I, I just thanked him for the shout outs throughout the year. He mentioned me in a few videos, and were you on like TikTok or you, TikTok? Or you email, he's he's very active on TikTok and, yeah. and and participates a lot, so it's a lot of fun. Huh. And, what do you think um, he does now? Full time because he hasn't. Has he been in a movie or anything in a long time? Frank? Um, I'm not exactly sure media-wise what he's been up to. Yeah. He's, you know, with a lot of certain people that are sometimes behind the scenes or they're producing or they're making yeah. other stuff. He's active on social media, and I'm sure he does a lot of live events, corporates, things yeah. like that. I'm not exactly sure, but a lot of guys who are just skilled like that work yeah. those circuits of privates right. uh, and events and things because right. he's, you know, super entertaining and does a lot of iconic figures so yeah i'm not exactly sure but i've there's a lot of the working entertainer world that does corporates and privates and dinners and you know do well wouldn't it be sad if he was texting you and being like man people just don't want bush impersonations anymore it's tough out there for a bush impersonator (laughs) (laughs) yes but he's an impersonator but i hear you there are guys who do one yeah there's like there's a difference between someone who does impressions versus an impersonator who dresses up like one person. Right, impressions. <laughs> and goes out there. Is that like um, a taboo in the impressions game to call someone an impersonator? Not really. Those names get used interchangeably, <laughs> but there is a difference between sometimes part of the fun of doing an impression or mm-hmm. an impersonation, in that sense it's synonymous, is creating that person with like, 
I said like it. <laughs> Creating that person with your face uh-huh. so people can see the person and you transform. So I wouldn't say it's frowned upon because who cares? People can mm-hmm. do whatever they want. But when you doll yourself up and really transform yourself, it's, a, it's almost a different act because mm-hmm. then you are that person and you're not seeing the person transform into that person. You're just seeing that person. So it's freaky. It's like when you see those Michael Jackson guys in Times Square. Whoa, is that Michael Jackson? You know it's not. But if somebody was like impersonating Michael Jackson with all the body movements, but still maintaining them themselves, that that, that is a different quality. Would uh-huh. you, in the impersonator community, would someone who dresses up like Elmo or Spider Man be considered an impersonator? <laughs> if they, why, why wouldn't they be? I guess is the question. Because they're just wearing the costume. Oh. Yeah. No, you have to do the voices you have to do and the stuff. Thing. I mean, the Spider Man Comic Con kind of thing where they. Like, uh, put that, put the costumes on and go to events. And st- that's no, not just someone that that's not like I do a great like Spider-Man Elmo. impersonation by buying an outfit. But Elmo song, <laughs> yeah. if you do that, then it's then valid. that would count. Okay, you see the song, la la. You were telling me Elmo has infected your yeah. It's one parenting of life. Uh, my daughter has like a handful of words. One of them is Elmo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta say, it happens to everyone. Yeah, it's one of their first words. Elmo, Elmo, Elmo. It's- <laughs> There's a captivating spell that that little red beast puts on our children. <laughs> you think they knew what they were doing when they created him? Like they like, they were like, we need a character that speaks to this characteristic and this experience of childhood. My guess is no. They just had a bunch of things. Yeah. You think about all the other characters that they don't say. Big Bird, Big Bird, Snuffleupagus, Snuffleupagus. There's a thousand people in yeah. that world. Elmo is Sesame Street, right? Elmo yeah. Sesame Street, yeah. So it, there's a bunch of characters. Elmo yeah. happens to stick. If I and you could guess, it's. I think like any. Like anything that strikes with a massive audience, mm-hmm. all the th- in t- questions of how it happened come after the fact. It's a- it's easy to look hindsight at, oh, Frozen, the reason Frozen was such a smash hit was it had, you know, a princess that did powers as opposed to in other movies where it was more, you know, and the types of powers she had were more magical and, yeah. a, you know, feminine empowering or something. But they didn't like say, we need this for that. But, they, they were kind of probably just I playing think- around creatively. So Elmo, they did a funny, cute voice. And kids really responded to I it. I think Disney does do that, though. Like, they'll go, we need a Hispanic mm-hmm. princess who's this age because that's the audience we're going they for. They definitely do that more now as opposed to telling right. good stories. So, that's my critique of them. They try to just appeal to the cultural and political whims of the time, and it makes for really bad yeah. stories that don't make much sense yeah. and aren't compelling because they're trying to, I don't know, be woke or signal virtue, and right. it really irritates me. That's different than... Creating a character that makes sense and then it resonates to millions and millions of people for a specific reason. Yeah. But you find out those things afterwards. They're revealed to you. Why did that one work? I guess it's kind of funny. The most successful princess of the last like 20 years was the whitest princess they've ever done. Like a Norwegian, white-haired, frozen. <laughs> that she's the most successful? Yeah, Frozen's also, huge. Frozen's huge, bigger than right? all of them. Yeah, I'm not, definitely not there yet. Um, but um, I'm just gonna sit with what you just said for a <laughs> but, minute, Ooh, Mike. We we are trying to get us canceled at 130 followers. No, I'm saying it's Michael. not. I'm saying Jeez. it's not good. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, it's awful. Did you see Encanto? I did. I uh, know. I didn't really. I just uh, saw. It's good. You can talk about Bruno. No, no. <laughs> I just kept hearing that. You know yeah. when you're not watching a movie that your kids yeah. are watching and it makes no sense to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're in and out, chiming in. Yeah. Before you see like a Disney movie for the first time all the way through and you're like hearing it in interspurts, it's yeah. like the weirdest experience. Like you're having a nightmare or a wacky trip. They don't talk about Bruno. 
no, no, no. And then I walk by later. And there's this huge woman character. And then there's these. Yeah. And I try to ask the kids what's going on to piece it together. They all have powers except for her. Oh, okay. Don't talk about no, no, no. I don't know what's going on. You should but see it. It's good. Was it? Yeah, it was really good. Um, I really liked it. Yeah, Lin Manuel's on fire. Yeah, yeah, he's writing all their songs now. Right? I think he wrote that. He wrote Moana. You know, that was all Lin Manuel. No, oh, that's interesting because the I think the woman who wrote no, it was the guy who wrote Moana wrote Encanto. So maybe they like working together. The guy who like the writer writer. Yeah, it's oh. it's it's. Just, I thought I'm sure. It's I a, thought it was like a, a Hawaiian fella. It's like a, a white dude who wrote Moana and he wrote Encanto. Like he, Polynesian, you thought he was of that. Well, he consulted that a lot of the music they used were like these Polynesian artists. No, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm sure in, there was in Moana, which was very cool. And Lin Manuel um, did all, did all the music for Moana, yeah. and he's he works with Disney a lot. Yeah, which is I great. like that rock song from Moana. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a documentary called Being Elmo, and yes. they actually go through the creation of Elmo. Wasn't there a massive scandal behind the, the guy? The guy, I think, he suspected of. Uh, child stuff right but you know what it didn't seem to affect elmo at all which separates the art from the artist which means you can like michael jackson you can like if you don't like michael jackson you shouldn't like elmo <laughs> for the same reason yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's michael jackson and elmo elmo, combined. Yeah. <laughs> don't stop till you get enough keep up they're pretty similar same vocal range yeah keep up don't stop don't stop till you get wow both childish fellow we people. Ju- we, we just linked Michael Jackson and Elmo. That's something to think about. Only on Buckle Up. Interesting. Yeah. Don't you agree with me? I saw you kicking dirt in my eye. But that's, it's very close. Yeah. Um, what else is going on? This was a big week for conspiracy meeting mainstream. Yeah, yeah we haven't have spoken to talk about, about it in this. a couple of weeks, but yeah. Ooh, you want to try to not talk about COVID all the time because yeah. it's not forget all the death and destruction as a conversation piece it's so boring after a while that's the worst part of it no obviously it's caused so much you know stress anxiety illness death all those things but it keeps coming up as this unavoidable topic so sometimes you just need to take breaks from it but now joe rogan this yes, past week so what happened okay so Joe Rogan's been having a series of people on yeah. to speak out against the mainstream narratives about COVID. Brett Weinstein, Heather Heyer, they were one of the first people I saw with a counter-narrative. Yeah, and that was in the heat of COVID. They mm-hmm. were talking about how it's, it's totally plausible that this thing started in a lab. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was very, very type of... They were censored, that. they were yeah. flagged, they were all these things, they were yeah. demonetized. And what they were doing was basically... I'll talk about Dark Horse Podcast for a minute and then we'll build up to the most recent episode because I have been following that, mm-hmm. not necessarily agreeing with all of it, but the Dark Horse Podcast, Brett Weinstein so and, and Heather Heyer. And, and who's Brett Weinstein? Because a lot of people Brett don't Weinstein know. Is a guy. He, <laughs> Brett Weinstein is an evolutionary biologist. Uh-huh. He's the brother of Eric Weinstein. <laughs> um, and he rose to prominence because he was fired from Evergreen University. In Vermont, right? In Washington State, I believe. Oh, <laughs> okay. Totally wrong. Um, and he protested against having, they had a day where they wanted no whites to come to school right. in solidarity for racial solidarity. It kind of made no sense. They wanted to ban, I guess, non-minorities from coming to university. And as a liberal 
Bernie supporting professor. He said, you, you cannot do that. You can't ban people from coming to university based on their race. And he spoke out against it. And there was mass protest. This was in the heyday of Trump era counter woke movements protesting all over campuses, canceling speakers, canceling Ben Shapiro's and the Milo Yiannopoulos all of that. So he was, it was part of that wave. Yeah. And so he went rogue and basically started his he own. He got fired. He got fired yeah. and then started his own endeavor. You would be suspect of it. That's what you would say. He enjoys <laughs> this too much. But I'd say he went on, started podcasting and... I guess started the Dark Horse Podcast. I don't know the timeline after that of what, how it became to be. He began doing debates with Sam Harris, basically joined the intellectual dark web circles right. and started speaking out and voicing his opinion about politics, social issues, things like that. Right, very unpopular opinions that he thought Not were, even too... In, in, yeah. Well, they were mainstream. That, I mean, He's like, become more... Contro- he was not a controversial figure right, until right, COVID. Right. Yeah. So then in COVID, he has this podcast with Heather Heyer. His this, wife, right? No. It's not his wife? No, I don't think so. Oh. I don't think so. No, they're just... It's, I, I think there's a lot of sexual tension there, which is funny to parody. <laughs> yeah. They're sitting there just like, anyway, Brent, what do you want to do later? Um, well, here's the thing, Heather. I, and I'm going to do a parody where they just start making out at the end. I think that with ivermectin. <laughs> I keep thinking about that. But um, he started this podcast, yeah. and they, they were the first people I saw just asking questions, just going, wait, 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 wait. So what's going on here? And that's the, the most gracious way to describe it. They were just asking questions. But they were... From a scientific, rational perspective yeah. saying, saying, well, so the thing is about these vaccines, when they do come out, we want to say they can be harmful. That doesn't mean they're dangerous. Saying very confusing right. intellectual stuff. I'm very stuff. highly vaccinated. <laughs> I just have not taken this vaccine. <laughs> now, it's true that this is an issue of game theory, and the spike proteins are cytotoxic. Now, <laughs> we have to be very careful. Everything they said, everything he says is couched in. We have to be very careful. Yeah. Nothing is certain. All the, And she talks like this weird whisper, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how she sounds. But they were just talking about ivermectin and right. all, all these alternative treatments to COVID. And very yes, scientific, and, and, very and, and, and that made them, and the, and, and the backlash to them by YouTube and demonetization and all these things is what made them this controversial right. thing. Yeah. Otherwise, they were just talking, right. from my perspective, I was like, oh, that's interesting. He's talking about different ways to treat COVID. Right. Nobody knew how to do it yet. There were no vaccines yet readily available. So they were discussing it openly, and it became, he had to go on Joe Rogan to say, my, my, my channel's been suspended. Like, you know, and so he went on Joe right. Rogan to try to appeal to and, the powers that be and, to bring his stuff back. And yeah. the part I think that's going to connect to what, to what we're going to say about these recent guests on Joe Rogan is mm-hmm. he was having the, as far as I understood at least, the leaders in their field, the, like these like world-renowned experts talking about their chosen field like genetics, mm-hmm. immunology, virology, whatever it is, and those and those episodes are being taken off of YouTube as misinformation, mm-hmm. which he always thought. I was, I was like, "How can the leading expert in virology be giving misinformation? Like he he gives the information. Mm-hmm. He's the one who knows what he's talking about. How can you call that misinformation?" Yeah, and that is the most disturbing thing. Was there was a propaganda initiative to label anything that dissented from the centralized public health narrative about what to do about COVID and how to handle these things, anything that deviated from that was simply labeled misinformation and therefore dangerous <laughs> and dangerous and twit and big. And you have big tech mm-hmm. government, big pharma, everyone on one side here mm-hmm. s- setting those rules 
And having that control to censor or shut down or silence, demonetize, all these kinds of things, which set everyone else to say, okay, you know, I don't want to believe you know, it worked. In other words, mm -hmm. you said something that you heard on Dark Horse Podcast. People go, oh, that's, didn't you hear that that's... That the guy's a kook. That the guy's a kook. But my whole thing is, don't we have enough of a bird's eye view to look down and say, hey, we were also told to say that guy's a kook. Can't you see that? Right. Forget what you agree with or disagree with using your own critical thinking. Can't we see the game that's being played so overtly? That's my one of my big questions. To anyone who might disagree with me, it's like, yeah, I know you think he's good. I know you think that talking about is crazy until the Wuhan lab leak turns out to be very plausible because the appropriate people said so. And now we can believe that beforehand you get kicked off of Facebook for saying something. Yeah. It made conversation amongst reasonable yeah. people impossible because it, in, it, what's the word? It instilled this distrust yeah. over certain ideas right. because you're like, Oh, that's ideas that on that side. And I've been told, but can't you see that you've been told that yeah. as much as I've been told this? Right. Let's look above that and say, what do we think yeah. here? And it's very implicit. I just saw a New Yorker article about a profile of um, Dan Bongino. Is that how you say his name? Don Bongino? Don you know, Bongino. You know we don't guy. talk about Bongino. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's like, he's like one of the biggest. Um, he has like a silly name. He's one of the biggest like right wing radio hosts. Dan Bongino or Dan like Carlin? Not Carlin. Dan Bongino? Something like that. You know what I'm you, talking about? You are getting it wrong. I have to tell you. Yeah, I am getting it wrong. Bon, Bongino? I thought I thought that's the name. I'm saying I'm I'm so I wasn't even familiar with him. I just know. What does he look like? Do you know? He look I think like shaved head, ex military type yes. guy. Okay. I don't know how to pronounce the name, but it's that guy. It's that guy. He's always yeah. like, yeah, yeah, listen up. And he right. like brings on Candace Owens and they high five and things right. like so, that. Right. So 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 in it, yes. there was just kind of a throwaway line. It was like this guy's show. Um, he's in the same cohort as Alex Jones, mm. um, Joe Rogan. They threw them all in and together. They threw them all in together. And I, and I was just like, I was like, Joe Rogan and Alex Jones, I guess in some sense could be thrown in together in like a bucket. But like, yes. if you listen to what they're saying, they say very, very different things. And sure, well, Ale Alex, buddies, Alex Jones know. is on Joe Rogan. You listen to like, you listen to Joe Rogan. You listen really good because I love <laughs> Joe Rogan, but he is wrong. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, but, but in little implicit ways like that, you start to learn, okay, Joe Rogan's on the side of crazy people. And then, no. and then there's me. I'm mean, no. saying with oh. lines like that, that by respect ah! to journalists even though like, the frog's gay turns out to be you know, alex <laughs> jones has been yeah, no. treated well by history at some he's been uh, yeah. he's successfully become side note i'd say for the majority of people when i see comments on his stuff mm -hmm. he has morphed and jumped categories from toxic crazy journalist that's evil to fun entertainer I don't know oh, how he yeah. did it. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> but now he goes on. He's like, I love Alex. He's just a fun-loving, crazy teddy bear, <laughs> which is maybe what he was always meant to be. But back in the day, we all looked at him like, yeah. I listen to Alex Jones secretly because, you know, like, like Tim yeah, Dillon yeah. used to say, I right. used to put you on before I go to sleep and go to sleep to the sound of your voice. <laughs> oh, you listener. <laughs> they are taking people and they are going to Bohemian Grove. And he was seen as a real, you know, troublemaker. Yeah. And they are turning you all into animal humanoid hybrids because that's what they're doing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Off of that point, yeah. we were lumping everyone into these categories right. of the unmentionables. Just this weird, toxic, very much taken from the school of propaganda of how to a, a campaign to right. to demonize specific right. opinions and narratives and ideas and people and, and and devil's advocate. What 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 would the censors say they were trying to do? Okay, so by I mean, by by doing that, what do, do you think there was a a, a good intention behind all that? What's that the CEO of Twitter? Ja the former Jack. Jack Dorsey. When he was on Joe Rogan, those didn't violate our policies. 
they basically take this weird stance of, I don't know, if I'm being gracious, like what's my, if I have yeah, to assume be benefit of the doubt, what yeah. are they trying to do? Yeah, because it's a harder point to prove that they're being like. Why would they want? To, I think. I, I think. I think there's. Yeah, there's an interesting narrative that they are, that there's this organized uh, effort to accomplish something, but I I sometimes think it's. I think that look. Maybe not, this right? might come across as. I think that a lot of people in tech, in Silicon Valley and in tech are left leaning. Mm-hmm. In other words, they do. They are motivated by ideology more than just the service they're providing. That doesn't mean fully that they're using it to accomplish a political goal, but they've said overtly to the extent that they can make society better. They have a little bit of this megalomania. We can make everything better. Mm -hmm. We can connect everybody. And we have this responsibility Mm -hmm. with that to tell people what to think or to make sure they're thinking responsibly. In other words, I think they're motivated by this sense that they're these philosopher kings that are, you know, fostering but also irresponsible to control the dialogue to make sure what they believe is the right information gets out there. Meaning it might be genuine that they think it's misinformation yeah. and that vaccines are super important and we need to get out of this pandemic. Yeah. And we are going to use our resources and our tools at our disposal. This isn't such a conscious thing, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But when they see mis- what they label as misinformation or before they even label it misinformation, yeah. the decision to label it misinformation comes from we believe – that vaccines and only vaccines are the only way out of this pandemic. We want mm-hmm. everyone to get healthy and get out of this pandemic. Yeah. So therefore, any information that causes vaccine hesitancy, the ends justify the means. The means being labeling it misinformation yeah. and distancing it so that people don't get confused. Now, confusion is kind of a part of learning. It's kind of a part of dialoguing, yeah. hearing different opinions. You can't expect people to make up their mind right away. But as long as that conversation is persisting and the dialogue in the alternative media spaces, it's causing problems yeah. to achieve this end goal of ending the pandemic, let's say. But they were canceling people before that too of dissenting opinions because they have determined that we can determine, we know how society should run, we know what the politics should be, we know what the best things are, and they have that sense of superiority so that any ideas, not just about COVID, that we deem harmful, we can shut down. They're entitled to do it, they're private companies in a sense. So I'm not being so gracious there, but I can't can't say that, I I can only think say what my gut instinct is telling me given the patterns of behavior I've seen. Otherwise, the selection of conservatives disproportionately being mm-hmm. shut down on YouTube until like it's clearly has a bent. Yeah. I think it's more amoral than that. I don't think like I don't think Jack Dorsey is left in the way in, in the way we talk about left now. I think he's probably more of like an like a anarchist like a narco socialist. A narco socialist. Anarcho liberal. Anarcho is a term that is used to say I don't really believe in government, and I just yeah. I think, I think I think I like think maybe he's like also that. Mark Zuckerberg. I don't think he thinks in terms of like morals, whatever. But, but I just how I, could, I, I, I think I think they were trying. But then how can you explain them falling in line? I think with I, I, the I narrative. Think, I think they were probably parcel. trying to appease these governments mm-hmm. and these politicians who were actively trying to to like control their futures with regulation and they're like sure whatever if that's what you want us to do yeah we'll play ball so you think we'll they're playing ball in uh, in order to cozy with, up to with, the powers with, that be that could otherwise punish with, them with, no not yes but also with just with the mainstream narratives that are be putting out they're like yeah we'll 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 help you enforce that like uh th- those seem good to us sure but do you think the government pressures them to censor or they're the ones who censor and cause this i think it's implicit i, I don't think i don't think there's this 
Well, well, let, let's get to to the rest of the story. Yes, first. fine, fine, fine. Anyway, so that all started with the Dark Horse podcast. Yeah. And again, everything we said is not necessarily. This is all just based on my experience and observation. Right. Okay, so, we've gotten some pushback saying, "How could you guys talk about these things?" Because we want to talk about them. That's the answer. Okay, deal with it. <laughs> A certain someone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I won't say who, but people say you can't talk about these things. I don't get that. Right. Yes, it's a public podcast. Yeah. We're, having, we're having a conversation. You, I, I'm not saying we, we know what we're talking about. Right. And you don't have to listen. You like you can still like it and comment in it on like tell your friends to listen to Correct. us and follow us, but Correct. you don't have to listen. Correct. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that was for a special someone, a very special someone. Um, Okay, so the Dark Podcast was one of the first podcasts I saw doing it. And anyway, mm-hmm. in this space, Joe Rogan started having these same guests on. I think Brett Weinstein brought it to the fold a little bit, if I follow from my mm-hmm. experience, brought it to Joe Rogan's attention that this was happening, the shutting down of certain opinions. So Joe Rogan became aware of these doctors who were, you know, no. had different opinions about right. how to treat not, COVID. Not even like, it was more like certain narratives. Like, yes. like for, for instance, there's more than one way out of this pandemic, mm-hmm. more, more than just vaccinating everybody. My, there might be another way out of it. My biggest question is also why... Is uh, why isn't this is the you know being an idealistic about it? Why isn't everybody all hands on deck? Let's try everything, whatever works. You would want right. it to function that way, right. especially in medicine. You would want it to just be. Some doctor said this worked great. He's, yeah. He he has his credentials enough to, and instead he gets demonized or comes out. It's to me, it's clearly a, such a result and, and symptom of government and medicine combining. When it, when it's the government and medicine and the free choices are taking out of it or the government feels like it has to respond and do mm-hmm. things and implement policies one size fits all that completely crowds out any room for dissent or different things because right. they're it, passing rules right. it, it's it seems like the feeling is this is so serious and so dire and the stakes are so high there's no time mm-hmm. to discuss we're going with the leading experts who say vaccination sure. vaccination vaccination and anyone else who disrupts that mm-hmm. or, or discourages it or prevents it from moving forward as quickly as possible mm-hmm. is like harming all their fellow Americans and all their fellow like citizens of the world. That, that's how it feels. I know. One that's can make the counter argument that it's yeah. an emergency. We need every intellectual oh, no, no, mind and right. medical mind and scientific mind at this with all of their ideas right. to see what works. Right. I don't understand why that's not as compelling. Right. Right. Why doesn't that work? Why doesn't that resonate? Why are people like, no, 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 not that, that. You heard that person said something crazy. What was one time here? Don't listen to someone said, Hey, I have a lab and I've been doing, I've been treating patients with such and such medication. Right. No, no, that's an unventionable or, medication. Or even, Makes or, zero or sense even with me. the lab, like it wasn't like, all right, there's, there's some people who think it might come from lab. If, if we knew where it came from, it might help us mm-hmm. like treat this thing. Instead it was like, no, if you talk about it as a lab, it's going to prevent us from treating it in this very particular way. So shut up because you're hurting everybody. A lot of politics on the left have to do with ends justifying the media means in a lot of ways i don't know about all that <laughs> <laughs> but in some ways there is yeah. it forget left right and center or politics there does seem to be this ends justify the means yeah that, 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 that's how the approach. whole thing has, has very much and felt i like. think whenever government gets involved in things there's they don't take take a cost benefit analysis approach they just say well if it gets us to hear anything that's worth getting to hear lockdown school closures economic disaster whatever it may be as long as we get to here, they hold that as the as the on the pedestal, and anything in between is worth it because we got to here. Right. Any amount of money, it doesn't matter. You you know, there's no such thing as being about about waste or diligence or any yeah. of these things because we have to get to here. Right. And a lot of times that seems to dominate. That's a certain way yeah. of thinking about and, problem solving as opposed to trade offs. Yeah. And, and and crucial to that 
to that um, like dynamic of like anything justifies we have to get to here is like mm. keeping making sure everybody's terrified of the alternative. Right. Like if we don't get there, something really, really, really that's, awful is going to happen. That's, and you that's, just, that's, that's just, how you get compliance. Right. That's just how it would have to be. So anyway, so we have these okay, people we, going on. So we've been going on Joe Rogan yeah. and eventually he gets these other doctors, Peter McCullough. I didn't yeah. see that episode yeah. as much. Dr. Peter McCullough. And then the most recent episode is the one I think is causing the most. This, yeah, so this one's kind of weird, yeah. Dr. Robert Malone. Right, so... His we- eyes don't open, which is weird. <laughs> okay. So I was working in... How was it, Michael? I watched a bit of it and got some of it. Is that... Do I have it down? He looks like George Lucas a little bit. A little bit. But less chin. With less chin. Yeah. More beard, less chin. <laughs> I treated it with thymidine. My lungs were on fire. <laughs> And they tried to shut me down. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty good. Okay, that's pretty good. <laughs> was that was that the impression you wanted to show me? No, no, no. Okay. That's not my new impression. Wait, I'm still working on, it. and I can't figure out a way to parody this episode because yeah. I actually find it so important. I can't well, do it. Can, well, before a few weeks ago, before Doctor Malone, there was a guy named Peter Doctor Peter McCullough who came on, and he he kind of presented himself as like <laughs> the most doctor. I laugh. <laughs> the most yes. well published, well respected guy in the world. But but he 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 seemed very self promoting, mm-hmm. and 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 he and he went from like I think a very reasonable point, which is like, which is why has this solution always been vaccines instead of at home treatment? Why has the only solution um, that we've been getting been vaccines? Mm-hmm. Me- meaning from the very beginning, we, the narrative has been we have to get a vaccine to get back to normalcy. Just his just question was why hasn't there been alternative solutions such as treating people at home so they don't have to go to the hospital so we keep the hospitals like only for the very 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 sick it, it was sort of a reasonable question and and then he and then he went like right down the rabbit hole into mass formation uh mass formation what's it called um delusion or mm. something uh so we're, we're like mass the whole, delusion yeah it, we're like the whole country ha- and the whole world has been tricked by the government to believing something that's not true mm-hmm. And and there's this huge worldwide conspiracy between government and health organizations, social media to like to like destroy the world. And I think he ended up kind of looking like a kook. And mm-hmm. then this week, it seemed like Joe Rogan wanted to have somebody a little bit more who seemed like maybe like a little more like stable digestible. and digestible. And in this episode, this guy actually mentioned, oh, like McCullough's one hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. Cause um they tried because he's mm. he they're taking his license away and right. he's he's like suing the hospital. He also stood by. He also vowed for him as being super. He, he vowed for him, but but even more so. It's like when a guy's hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt, you know whatever he says has to be like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, what but he's chicken say. or egg, he's one hundred fifty thousand dollars debt because he spoke out. So it's not like he was and then needed the money, so he decided to cause a shit. I stand by it. <laughs> also, I think he was Come speaking out. He was he had more to say criticizing vaccines than just vaccines for kids, which is, it seems like Robert Malone was talking about the next phase. He's blowing the whistle on vaccines for kids because he himself is vaccinated, Robert Malone, well, his doctor he, on, on Joe Rogan. Yeah. But, but I also, I think there is an observable difference when the vaccine rolled out. You saw like 90, from my understanding, mm-hmm. there was a 90% decrease in hospitalizations. It was really effective and yeah and prevented that first you're 10 times more likely to not get hospitalized if you have a vaccine right all those things are compelling i got it you know i yeah. got my double vax then i had a breakthrough case and then so i feel super apparently that's super immunity from according to one headline that i that i liked so i'll stick with that one it said that somewhere it was an alert it was a notification on my phone yeah. that said vaccinated people plus a breakthrough are super immune. So oh. now I just say I'm super immune because of that one notification on my phone. <laughs> that's 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 all I need. 
But the fact that there's not this medical consensus, or at least to my eyes, doesn't seem that way, is the most disturbing thing. I know that right. there's always a rigorous debate about it. But when you have these whistleblowers who, I don't know, I have someone has to debunk him. What I want, I want Robert Malone to sit down with Fauci on yeah. Joe Rogan and see what happens. Yeah. So, but but, 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 but what I, but what happened makes that impossible because after because Malone was banned, this doctor who yeah, so who, haven't set it who up. invented right, so set it up. Okay, Doctor Robert Malone is what we're getting to because that was the episode that was posted on Joe Rogan last week, and he was invited on before to speak about this. He's one of the inventors of the mRNA vaccines in the 80s, did a lot of work on all sorts of viruses, I think AIDS and a bunch of other things, and was one of the inventors of the tech for the mRNA vaccines. And in speaking out against the way COVID treatments and policies and vaccinations have been implemented, he was just banned permanently from Twitter. Mm -hmm. And people are saying, if I can't listen to him on Twitter, I right. think it was Brett Weinstein, if we can't listen to Dr. Robert Malone on Twitter, who can we listen to? Like, right. then what is the point of all right. this? Who is an expert? And he, he kept calling Dr. Fauci. He's like, I know Tony Fauci. Tony, <laughs> Tony. <laughs> when you say it like that, I'm like, the way he presented, the way he came across, and I still have to research exactly who he is and all of that, but when I'm watching it, this guy seems on par and in that world, working with the World Health Organization, worked with all these people, know these people by name, so it's not like he's some kook. Right. He's with, had, I think he's had a billion dollars in grants. Yeah, no credibility. He comes he has a ton of credibility. He comes on and is one of the inventors. So you can't doubt his I don't know what the motives are. You can't doubt his credentials and his yeah. knowledge and his authority on this. Yeah. So when a guy like that comes on to the biggest platform in the world right now and is saying the things he's saying about I, I have to finish the episode. Yeah, I have to finish it too. It's like th it's over long. three hours. It's yeah. Long. So whatever. But I, I read a lot of the bullet points and things that he was statements he was making. But when somebody says that and puts their name behind it, you have to ask yourself. It should give you pause. So what's going on here? Right. Talking about data manipulation and it, I have trouble believing the mass cover up, the mass yeah. conspiracy on a global scale because things like that seem way too hard to pull off and yeah. too unbelievable. But 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 the more I think the part that relates to us more is is less the content of his argument against vaccines and more that he was banned from social media and the clips of him on Joe Rogan were taken off of YouTube. Mm -hmm. So somebody who wants to know the other side of this narrative from experts, pretty difficult to find online right, right. unless you dig like real deep into the Google results. Yeah. So at the end of the day, what he could never say, mm -hmm. Joe kept trying to ask him, so what do you think is behind all this? Well, Joe, remember, I'm not making accusations. I don't know. He but if you follow the yeah. money. You know, he can't assign motive, he kept saying. Well, he can't really. Yeah. And, and legally, neither can, legally he can't. Legally he can't, but <laughs> that is the biggest thing. Whenever I get into arguments with people about where we should be and like frustrations of lockdowns and masks and all these things, you have to ask yourself, like, what do public health officials, what do these people that go to work every day, you know, like you talked about and are, you know, have the best interest of trying to get everybody out of this? Why, why would we be shutting down treatments? Like, I can't fathom the reasons behind it. The things that could stand out to me is that because Pfizer and Moderna and these pharmaceutical companies are contracted directly by the government there's a massive financial incentive for them to say our treatments are the only ones to use to corner the market you can make that claim but that's a claim you know yeah. not substantiated but that does introduce you know obvious collusion corruption when you have the pharmaceutical companies not competing on the marketplace for good drugs yeah. they're not competing with treatments in the hospital yeah. they have a contract with the government for billions of dollars yeah. i still got one but now <laughs> with the kids and, there, and, and this idea of mandating vaccines and forcing yeah. people to do it eliminates discussion. That's the whole point. If they just made everything suggestive, there wouldn't be this guy 
on Joe Rogan yeah. blowing the whistle. He would maybe give information, but he wouldn't. It wouldn't be as urgent. Right. And and Crystal Zagar, I think, had a good point about it today, which is you and I probably wouldn't even be talking about the vaccine or this episode if he was never banned. Like it, it elevates these people who get banned to like you know the same way a book gets burned. You're like, mm-hmm. well, I got to see what's in that book. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peterson said that about social justice warriors on Joe Rogan. Yeah. It's like I figured out a way to monetize social justice yeah. warriors, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they make a stink about me, and then my numbers go up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so if 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 I would have just kind of heard a balance argument from someone like. Dr. Sanjay Gupta on CNN. Like, I, I don't want to listen to a three-hour episode with, like, some dude who invented a vaccine. Like, just g- g- give me both sides of the argument, and, like, I'm good. You don't need these people now who are, like, also now on Joe Rogan. They're not, they're not going over the, the pro side of the vaccine because they're so enraged and inflamed over the fact that they ha- haven't heard the anti-vaccine argument. Yeah. So they only they go created super them. hard on the anti-vaccine argument. That's all you get from them. And all you get from CNN is the pro-vaccine argument. Um, and it's just not so helpful and they can't talk to each other. I saw a tweet because everybody's talking about this episode in Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And they're calling him the controversial, provocative podcaster right. and i wrote to the i responded i said if having open conversations with people all across the political and intellectual spectrum is controversial the problem isn't joe rogan nice Thug life. <laughs> i gotta retweet nice <laughs> maybe two i have to check <laughs> so we'll see are you on twitter yeah aj comedy on twitter oh. there's not much of a thing not, going on there yeah. but i am buckle ups on twitter too by the way yeah I got to get on that. Yeah, Michael, come on. Yeah. Um, meaning, what do what you talk... Like, he's as controversial as you're willing to cover him that way. Yeah. Even if he has, a, even if he has an opinion that's kind of crazy. It's an opinion of a guy who's popular and fun to listen to. And Well, did you see the chart that just came out? Yes, but he blew them out of the water. 11, with- he gets 11 million viewers per episode. Tucker Carlson makes, gets how many? 3.24 million. Per episode, he's he's uh, what is face. that? Almost quadruple what the biggest cable news host gets. So there are a lot of people walking around with this information and talking about it with their friends. Um, what information? Like like all all, all this like alternative oh, this like um you know like stuff that's supposedly underground. Mm-hmm. You know like this. Do, Robert do you think Malone, a lot of this just comes from resentment from the mainstream that they just people that are they're they're just obsolete and irrelevant and they're hating on Joe? For I that? do think I I think I don't think it's organized, but I, I just think any business has its business plan mm-hmm. and it's and you and you have to compete and like this is the way they're competing. So with, if with this new show, they're if, they're trying to discredit it. So if those numbers are available for everybody, why isn't CNN being smart That's and having I don't get. people on? So the new CEO that makes you think it's political and not financial. There's a new CEO who's who's running who's running CNN now, and I think Zucker is out, mm-hmm. and he has said as much. He's been, he he's the one. He said what? Let's bring him on. Well, he he, he said we have to get back to the middle. Um, and he's the one who, who it seems like he was instrumental in getting Cuomo out. Mm. He, he was like, we're lo- we've lost our authority and we need to change things at CNN. So, so it's oh, like getting Chris Cuomo out. Yeah. Getting Chris Cuomo out after like, he didn't do anything. He, he did out what, of the ordinary. He did what he did months and years ago. Yeah. He just wasn't kicked off until like a few weeks ago. So it seems like he's going to come house. in. Yeah. And, and he's going to maybe learn a lesson from, from these other shows. It's just an argument against this as a purely financial motive because if it was, they would be copying Joe and not criticizing him. Instead, mm-hmm. they're going against him. That's interesting. Or they're appealing to a demographic that, that 
they're still trying to hold on to legacy wise. Yeah, I think it, yeah, these things. Or it's also- political where a lot of journalism and journalists lean to the left and want to fall in line. I don't know. But don't left, know. I mean, left is, is more like if you're truly liberal, you should have like a liberal amount of opinions coming in so you could decide for yourself. It's that's not, not, that's not liberal. Left is different than liberal. Okay. Liberal in the difference between leftism and liberalism, I mean, semantically to me, mm-hmm. is that a liberal might believe the government should have higher taxes and have more programs and social spending, but they also believe in free speech, marketplace of ideas. Sam Harris is a liberal, but he's called an alt-right crazy by the leftists. Right. Yeah, I think Joe Rogan is a liberal. And, and Bill Maher is a liberal. Right. And yeah, Joe Rogan's a liberal, but he also likes guns and things. So, But, that, but, but you know. Doesn't necessarily make you illiberal. He likes big guns. <laughs> and eating elk. No, I hear you. Yeah, so he doesn't present like, he doesn't yeah, look yeah, like yeah. a liberal. But yes, he's more liberal. Sam Harris, more liberal. There's there's that whole liberal yeah. sliver that's just a shrinking, shrinking group of people. Mm-hmm. Brett Weinstein says he's a liberal, but a leftist is like a the, the authoritarian left. Got it. Or the Marxist left that believes in real sort of, what's the word? The proletariat? Yeah. Certain people are going to kill me for getting class. this wrong. Um, the, the labor. There's a phrase for the pro. Yeah, they believe in sort of a. There's there's other there's more ideological motivations uh, that lead to more authoritarian results. I think yeah. in terms of, in terms of a, you know, all encompassing, all knowing government that rules over, yeah, everyone. Uh, I saw a movie about but, Karl Marx. It was yeah. very it was very uh, convincing. His name was Karl. Carl. <laughs> I knew that. Anyway, I want I, I don't want to get too much in those weeds. Yeah. But the point is there's a distinction between the liberal who believes a certain role of government to play in society, right. but but as far as intellectual uh, ideas and a marketplace of ideas and freedom and, 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 of speech, they're yeah. all about it. And there's there's an alliance there that has formed where it's yeah. I would say that's the difference is more that there's a political difference, not an ideological difference mm-hmm. or or something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I, it's disturbing. Yeah. We're in a disturbing place now. I think it yeah. has shifted the, the whole getter thing that Joe Rogan went to getter as an insurance policy. Yeah. Did you see that? I signed up, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to sign up just also. Just to see what's, what's up over there. Just to see what's up with it. Yeah, exactly. Well, cause, so I, I, um, I've been watching this show, Station Eleven, which is about a I'm, – I'm going to get back to it – which is about um, like – it's about basically COVID. If COVID had a 99% death rate. Mm. And I, I listen to a lot of Tim Dillon. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. Mm. And, um, and on Sunday I, I ingested, um, certain Cer- things that, that just made my mind, um, go deep, deep, deep down the rabbit hole. Um, and I heard, um, some really sad news about this child in my, in my daughter's daycare mm-hmm. that was in the hospital. And I was very convinced that there's going to be another virus. And we have to be on something like Getter because if you're on Twitter, you're not going to get the right information. And so if you really want to be prepared for the next one, the next pandemic, you have to have these alternative news sources. It's amazing what Tylenol PM can do. I know. <laughs> Taking no Tylenol PM. <laughs> First of all, what's weird about that is there's an inverse reaction you had. In other words, the place where people are getting all the mainstream stuff and the big tech, big three, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, yeah. YouTube, that's what's causing the alarmism that you felt. It's the alternative media stuff that is using, pushing more data-based rational solutions, in my opinion. And yet you said we need to go there because there's going to be a crazy virus. So your mind was 
marrying yeah, two it was. together. I, I, my first takeaway was I, I got to take a break from Tim Dillon. <laughs> yeah, but you were saying we need Tim Dillon because it, because I'm paranoid. In other words, yeah, no, you but, got the worst of both. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. <laughs> I just, I just got the paranoia. But um, with the no, energy of alternative but, yeah, media and the paranoia, yeah, yeah. you bought into the mainstream narrative and felt the need <laughs> to be consoled by the alternative narrative, and it fucked you up. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Um, it was weird. Well, it's scary if you listen to what these guys are really saying. Like, if you really think about climate change, it's like super scary. You can't think about it. Eh. <laughs> um, want to go there? No, I don't want to go there. All right, let's do it. I don't want to go um, there. But uh, no, but 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 overall, things like Robert Malone, Doctor Robert Malone, getting kicked off Twitter does does seriously make me consider. For the next crisis, where are you going for your news? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to Twitter, it's it's now missing somebody who might have some kind of useful information for us. Like maybe he is a kook, mm-hmm. and maybe he has like he maybe he's like a secret like fascist who who's crazy and thinks all the frogs are gay and the Jews are trying to kill us. Who mm-hmm. knows? He's also a doctor, and he might have something useful to say. <laughs> so even if he believes <laughs> the, all that, he's next, also a doctor. Well, yeah, he might. He, yeah, he might have. He might have a useful piece of data. You're that just being an absolutist be on free speech. So you're saying any no matter what the person is or you feel about his no, character. No, I mean no, not necessarily. I mean I, I don't think the same goes for some dude mm. in in like a cabin mm. in like Michigan or whatever. Like this is a, this is a really important guy with an important mind and important experience, right. um, and like you can't tolerate anything. Just because you can't tolerate one thing he says, now we we lost him. Because most people aren't getting getter. I probably won't get getter. Mm. I don't want like another thing on my phone. I don't want to like support the guy who got Trump elected. Really, like because it's guy? the guy who like ran Trump's data team. I think started getter. Mm. Like whatever. I don't. I don't like really want to get it. Mm. But like I want to be. He's informed. a great guy. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't resist. I want to be informed. Getter, getter, good folks. Really like, getter's also no better. I think. Um, I getter think no better. <laughs> in the in their terms and policies, I, I think it says you can't say anything negative about Trump. They don't believe does in it free really speech. Say that? They don't believe in free does speech. Does it say that overtly? I'm pretty sure it does. That's pretty wild. I'm pretty sure it does. No, it, it, it's wild. They don't believe in free speech either. Getter is that is is founded by Trump in that spec. That's that's getter. No, no, no. That's something else. That's oh. Trump's own thing. That's what I thought. Getter, that was. No, getter. I think this guy. You might be. I gotta see getter's policies. It, the, the the thing is, free I'm speech, sure liberty, ideas. Except criticize Trump. I mean, that's so obviously yeah. a contradiction. I know. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I don't think they're. But I get it. <laughs> sensitive time. Um, sensitive time, folks. We gotta do it. We're gonna do it quite quickly. Did you see? <laughs> did you see Trump and Candace Owens? Yeah, you showed it. That was me. beautiful. Yeah, because the cognitive dissonance there where Candace expected him to be on a certain team in mm. a certain set of points that she, she was sort of thinking she was giving him an assist. Right. So these vaccines, she's like, the most beautiful vaccines, <laughs> an amazing, amazing scientific achievement that we, we created them, folks. In record time, she's like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, uh, but like, you know, okay, but, but I'm asking the kids. No, I can't ask the kids. She was like so desperate to yeah, get the yeah, common yeah. run. It's the president. She <laughs> worships him. And it was a great display of her own biases becoming... Yeah. Jogged, yeah. Because I do think Candace Owens, unfortunately, right, it does not act in good faith. Yeah. Of all the people on that team, there's a problem there. She even got on Twitter afterwards and started comforting her fans, saying Trump, Trump is still mainstream in a way. He's still in that world. We forget he doesn't listen to what we're listening to. And I'm like, Candace, <laughs> Candace, Candace. Won't she pivot though to whatever she has to pivot to to stay relevant? It. I think she, she might pivot to like what the team that she wants to be on pivots to. But uh, 
she pan. wants to project a certain brand, and if that brand goes that way, she's going to go that way. It's just that she says a lot of things that are so overtly spitback mm-hmm. of what the, she thinks she's supposed to say to project a certain brand. It seems very obvious. How did Chappelle um, describe her? I can't say. <laughs> I mean, I could. Thank you! Is no, no, not that. I think you said, uh, is there anyone who's smarter and sounds dumber than Candace Owens? Something like that. Yeah. Like, have you ever met such opposite. a smart, dumb person? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't remember because he went off on her. I don't go off on her on the, from that angle. It's more that she goes on espousing a lot of views that, you know, I've read a lot of certain people that have influenced her, but she tries to talk with authority on things that she may have a right conclusion in some way, but her ability to get there and defend an argument is weak. And so it makes the conclusion look weak. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. That's very self-defeating. When Mm -hmm. I see somebody going on behalf of ideas that I support, but looking foolish, I'm like, come on, that's really, really disheartening to see as opposed to someone I just disagree with. And also just pretending to be genuine about certain things and the way even talking about vaccines, we all know this, we all know, we all know this, this vaccine and it's sickening the way she talks about it as if, it's a common knowledge that there's this conspiracy and we all know it. It's like, that's irresponsible too, mm-hmm. you know? And you're ignoring con- inconvenient facts for yourself. You're just guilty of the same thing. Right. She does it all the time. So with Trump there bragging about his vaccine and she was just like, oh. but, but people have to choose. Oh, you people have to have their freedom. Of course, you have to have your freedom, folks. You have to have freedom. <laughs> but it's a beautiful vaccine. We've done an amazing job. Fantastic. And we did it quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it, it was, he was also, he's such a dick. Cause like he knew he was so unkind to her, you know, like he, he knows her deal <laughs> and like he knew exactly what he was doing to her and he just had no regard for her like career well being. Yeah. Some analysts were like, Trump is making the 2024 play right here because look how reasonable he's going to look next to Candace yeah. and he's going to say, can, Oh, what? He's going to be now all pro vaccine because <laughs> can, can you imagine how effective he would be if he just, if he just said reasonable things? Right. That like that everyone wanted to hear. But a lot of his strategy, according to Scott Adams, to bring that back was to say crazy things, walk it back, and by the time he got to reasonable, which wouldn't have worked at first, sound mm-hmm. totally reasonable. Or would it be easier just to just say some I things think, that are already reasonable? I think so in a way, <laughs> but who knows? I mean, we can't deny the underdog that Trump was in the in 2016 and, and, and got to where he got to right. all the way through. So you have to question the strategy there yeah. in, in its efficacy, not whether you agree with him or not, but just... These things he says, how intentional are they? How, how much strategy? How much uh, is it calculated? Mm-hmm. Because it keeps, for a while, it kept working for him to everybody's complete confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a new impression, Michael. Uh, yeah, I want to hear I wanted it. to wrap up on it. Okay. Um, because we're coming to our close and we covered mostly COVID. I hope we don't get banned on this episode. We're just talking. Banned? What are they? Yeah. And oh, oh, well, we're not experts. Why would they ban we us? We are not experts. We, know, we are giving we have opinions. We no idea what we're talking about. I'm not, no, I just, I think it would be ironic and hilarious. You know, sometimes when we bring up the word COVID, it says, yeah, this may contain some information totally. or it does this and that. Yeah. I want to get your friend back on who called in about the vaccines for Dr. kids Dusty, yeah, after I'll this, get, Dr. I'll get Dusty. him. Uh, I also once mentioned my cousin, Jason, um, he put out a video. I just thought it was worth, uh, just mentioning quickly. He had, he had a non COVID virus. It was mm. really awful, but he ended up in the hospital. He almost died wow. and he was in the ICU for a couple of weeks. I think he lost like like a lot of weight he looked like awful and he put out a video great after, diet hack virus he I'm put sorry. out a video after saying you know he needed an icu better he mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have survived mm-hmm. and if it was to, it, it happened to be in like a low point if it was taken up by someone who hadn't gotten the vaccine you know and he he would have died like um 
That I understand would, that would have been bad. Yeah. So um so he was saying go get your vaccine so people like you but know But it depends. No, of course it would have been yeah, bad. And I bad. definitely hear that argument about hospital beds. My question has always been are they really all at to what extent are they at capacity the way they we act as if they're always at capacity without right. actually knowing the severity of the situation. Yeah. Some people say absolutely yes and this in this case and this in this case and you'd have to t- uh listen to hospital administrators in some way. I mean, what other incentive do they have? Although Dr. Malone did claim that there's a big financial benefit to administering COVID patients, which right, is weird. Right. I, I, he, said, he said that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we both consider ourselves amateur hospital administrators. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I've I, I looked I mean, into we, it. Yeah, we read about yeah, it. I watched a YouTube video. Fair amount. Yeah. yeah. Um, you remember the movie Liar, Liar? Sure. So remember, uh, it's the claw. Yeah. Jerry, yeah. ooh, the claws coming at you. He was a hospital administrator. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I've seen that movie. Remember, he's times. like, "We're moving to Boston." He's like, "I've got a hospital to run." <laughs> I don't remember that. I can't. He's like, "I, I, on the other hand, have to go." What do you think? I have a hospital to run. <laughs> what do you think? Ooh, he, the claws coming at you. He was. So Rob, he was a hospital he, administrator. So I have experience yeah. at least watching an actor play a hospital administrator, where the hospital role of the hospital administration did not come up once in the movie. <laughs> what was your question? He was. Oh, like, I wonder what he thinks of COVID. As I wonder what that character thinks of COVID. <laughs> He was also Robin Hood and Robin Hood Menace. Yes, he was, and the Princess Bride, wasn't he? The Princess Bride. I, you know, I never saw that movie. <laughs> well, that is the that's the most controversial I thing you've said it. this episode. I know it. Yeah, I missed that one. Tell for some me reason. something. Remember that? Oh, you didn't see it. Oh my I mean, god. Yeah. I saw it in camp in a summer thing. They put it on. I'm like, what is this? And everybody knew it, but me. It was one of those. The Princess Bride. Yeah. My name is Enrico Montoya. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know, I know the stuff. Okay, so um, you want to wrap up on this? Impression? I have a new impression. Okay, should I drink water before you do it? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if you like it. I'm hyping it up too much. Steve Harvey. All right. It's <laughs> <laughs> so great. I came across a clip on TikTok or something, and I'm I'm setting it up. It won't be great yet, but I posted a video of it today because it was just making. I mean, I haven't had an impression that made me laugh so much because mm-hmm. there's something about Steve Harvey that I've noticed that when he talks. Every time he says anything, it's like he's dancing and singing and performing. So he said, let me ask you something. When you went to a woman and she don't know the way to your heart, is it bombing? I feel, I feel a little uncomfortable. Michael, well, ask me any question. I'll respond to Steve Harvey. Ready? So it's like the faces first. Why don't we do Family Feud? Okay. Well, I know it from more Q&A on the Steve Harvey show. The okay. women who ask him questions. A, I don't know he has a show. Steve TV. Okay. Yeah. So he's always like this. Um, ask right. a question. Steve. Yes. Um, my daughter dresses in all kinds of ways. <laughs> Goes okay. out wearing all sorts of things. What? Wait, let me ask. Let me stop you there. <laughs> what kind of way? This here. Ways ways that uh, that are inappropriate for a thirteen year old. Okay. Okay. And I'm trying to get her to 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 stop, but she won't listen to me. Let me tell you something. You said your daughter's thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> Damn. The reason she's dressing that way. It's because she likes boys. And a boy who's 13 is more a problem than a girl who's 13. <laughs> I think what you need to- I was a 13-year-old boy. Let me tell you something. You better get on that. 
because they're nothing more dangerous. For a thirteen-year-old <laughs> girl is a thirteen-year-old boy. I think if we're gonna so kick when a thirteen-year-old boy go to the, go to your house, and he shows up at your house, you just make sure you open the door and you say, "What cracking?" I think if we're getting kicked off, it might be for the Steve Harvey impression. <laughs> really? I think you also need to shave everything by your mustache. This here. <laughs> Well, we'll see how it develops. Maybe you got to do it standing up. That might be part of it. <laughs> I can't. I can't. We're, we're in a weird, weird position. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. Uh... Well, let's just sit with that uncomfortable <laughs> bomb. A bomb for an audience of Buckle one and many. Up episode. <laughs> yeah. What if this that clip goes viral and we clip it? Huh? You'll be. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll feel shitty. Yeah, you sure. Anyway, that'd be good for uh, me. That was highly uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, everybody. Um, thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for watching. I appreciate it. <laughs> we'll be right back. That's Buckle Up, episode 13. <laughs> Stay tuned. That was controversial, offensive, <laughs> and amazing. I had a great time. Yeah, if we don't, uh, if you don't like this one, yeah. skip, just listen to 12. We'll be right back with more Buckle Up <laughs> Buckle Podcast, up, baby. Episode 13. <laughs> <laughs>